but with regard to our business, so we're going to take the 80% of the repetitive mundane stuff and we're going to give the time back to the leasing team who can now be very empathetic when the person walks into their office and says, hey, I've got a situation or, hey, my neighbor's doing something or, you know, I'd like to stay here, but that requires human empathy, creativity, and critical thinking. And that is what we're trying to help humans get their time back so they can be more human. Hello, and welcome to Sink or Swim, a weekly podcast brought to you by RentSync, where we take a deep dive into the prop tech, multifamily, and rental housing industry. In each episode, we uncover the technologies and strategies used to help overcome operational challenges and increase the value of your multifamily investments. So let's get into our conversation today. Welcome back to another episode of Sink or Swim, a podcast where we take a deep dive into the prop tech, multifamily, and rental housing industry. I'm your host, Matt Hildebrand, and today I'm proud to be joined by Robert Turnbull, president, COO, and founder of BetterBot. Robert, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. Appreciate it. Now, for those who don't know, BetterBot is an industry-leading chatbot created specifically for the multifamily industry to assist with leasing agent functions. Recently, RentSync has partnered with BetterBot to provide their AI chatbot integration to our clients. So we wanted to have Robert on to discuss the benefits of BetterBot, but also to discuss the world of artificial intelligence. AI has been a hot topic as of late, but before we get into it, Robert, why don't you let the listeners know a little bit about yourself and what led you to found BetterBot? Yeah, so it's funny. The origin story most people have getting into multifamily isn't that we went to school or studied to be in multifamily, just found ourselves in it. And once you're in it, you just kind of stay there for years and years. And that was what exactly what happened with me. Uh, some some former partners, we started apartmentguide.com in 1999. And this is back when they had all the guidebooks and all these racks across the country. And this internet thing was new. And, and just to give you kind of a sense for the time, I was speaking all over the country in a 19, no, in 2002, I was speaking in San Antonio, Texas about the internet, the advent of it, how it was going to change the way consumers looked for properties and rentals. And this guy afterwards came up and goes, hey, Robert, you're a really entertaining fella, but you realize the internet's just a passing fad. It's like the CB radio of the 70s. And I thought, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? And I always wonder where that guy is to this day. But obviously, internet came and it completely changed the way people look for properties and for their next rental. So over the years, I've been lucky to found a number and help co-found and build out a lot of businesses. Realestate.com was former partners, RentWiki, Rentals.com. Later, I kind of moved into the chat world. And so I was able to work all over the planet with some of the biggest AI bot companies like IBM Watson, Get Jenny, ChatFuel, Robotify, Bot Central. And I realized, you know, this automation thing could really help multifamily because the leasing teams are so overwhelmed right now with their leads coming in, people coming in, resident questions. They just can't get through it all. So if we could provide a level of chatbot, artificial intelligence, really automation, we can give them some of their time back. And so that's kind of the Robert journey, <laughs> the last 25 years of multifamily to BetterBot. That's a very interesting journey to end up here. I appreciate the little background there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, BetterBot is, you know, leading an AI automation charge in multifamily. Why don't you just take us through maybe a little bit about the primary product philosophy 
Right. So we noticed, as I said a little earlier, that you kind of did this anthropological exercise of going to properties and talking to people who worked at the properties and people who managed people at the properties. And we noticed that they were getting through maybe 30% of their daily tasks, inundated with phone calls, tons and tons of emails from residents, prospective residents. And they weren't even getting through the majority of it. They weren't even getting through half of it. They simply did not have the time. So we said, we want to replicate your best leasing agent. So who's your best leasing agent? Oh, well, that's Donnie and Jamie over here. Okay, let's watch what they do. And so we realized that the timeliness and the fact how they got back to people, the conversational flow that they had both on the phone, and we said, we're going to replicate that. And that's exactly what we did. So we created a chat bot that sat on your website, but then we built it so it could be on like Facebook, Instagram, Yelp, any other place where consumers can find you, your property. And we created a conversational format that answers 80% of the same questions they get asked over and over. The bot can schedule appointments real-time on calendars. It gives virtual tours and videos. And what was really interesting, we started noticing that 60% of the conversations and these appointments being scheduled were happening after hours. So after 6 p.m. and before 8 a.m. And what was nice is the leasing agents started to notice they were getting less phone calls, less emails, more appointments, and they were waking up to appointments already scheduled the next day where they didn't even have to do anything. And so anecdotally, we started realizing these folks really love this. And then the data proved out that we're saving over 104 hours per property per month. We're giving that time back to the leasing teams. Why? So they could be human again. They can do the human jobs, have empathy, critical thinking, creative thinking, because we got a lot of the mundane tasks off their plate. You touched on one thing there, the role of being human which I think is obviously very important in the leasing world. People quickly realize when they're talking to a, a human and a bot, but you don't really believe in using AI to mimic human conversation. Correct. And my business partner has a great saying for that. He says, the only time we like to be fooled is when we go to a magic show. People don't like to think they're talking to human only to find out that they weren't. And there's a few reasons for that. One, first of all, it's illegal in several states. You actually have to define and identify yourself as a bot. Secondly, when you think you're talking to a human, whether it be email or chat or anything else, and you set a level of expectation. So, ah, talking to a human. So here's what we noticed. Our AI solution sends email back. Hi, I'm such and such. The consumer thinking they're talking to a human starts this five-paragraph conversation in their email about all the issues and all the questions. Well, the AI today, most of the time, doesn't actually know how to interpret that. So what it does is it either gets confused half the time or it answers only one question. And now the other person on the renter side says, well, that's not what I was expecting. So we look at customer satisfaction or CSAT scores. It's very important to us. So what's the CSAT score when someone thinks that they're talking to a human? Their CSAT expectation is around 70%. When they think they're talking to a bot, it's around 60%. But a funny thing happens in the process. When it's artificial intelligence and they realize that their expectation plummets and it goes down to almost below 40%. When they know it's a bot and the expectation is set, but the bot is giving them the information they want accurately and quickly, the CSAT scores are actually over 90%. So it flips. And so we say, do not identify yourself as a human. 
because you're setting an unrealistic expectation and the consumer is going to be disappointed. You're setting up an expectation. If they think it's a bot, but then you outperform, they're very pleased with the dialogue. And that is why we took that philosophy and it has worked very well. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. And staying on that, you know, a lot of people are using maybe like an email bot, which usually does try to imitate a human. What are maybe some other main differences between, you know, some commonly used email bots and a tool like BetterBot? Well, so again, that is one of the big differences. So email bots do two things. One, they do try to imitate a human. And as we've discussed, that's not a good thing for the CSAT scores and expectation. The other thing is they use natural language processing. Now, we'll get to chat GPT, which is in just a second. Which we is definitely will. Different, yeah. Than your typical NLP that we've had today. Your typical NLP that most of these bots use today, and we have that too. We reply. The difference is... The email bots try to keep you in the medium of email. So they're trying to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in email. And that can take days, what we call interest decay. If I'm not getting the answers to my questions, I'm getting frustrated. Now I have to send another email and another email and another email. There are spam filters. There is very full inboxes. It's just really not a pretty scenario. What we do is we say, hey, we're not a human. But that's okay. We can answer all your questions. Click here. It looks like you wanted to schedule that appointment. Click here. And it takes them immediately to the schedule appointment intent. Looks like you had a pet policy. Click here. We can answer all of that question. So we're using NLP to provide intents. They can click, take them out of email, get them into an immediate web-enabled mobile version or web-enabled bot. So now we're having a conversation and those conversations last an average of 90 seconds. So they're getting five, six, seven, ten, twelve answers to all these questions in a minute and a half. And now they're happy because they're not doing email back and forth for days. Materially, this is what happens. Because we do that, our bot, our nurture solution, converts one in four leads into an appointment. The next closest email bot is one in 12 leads for all the reasons I just mentioned, because they're going back and forth and not getting their answers. With ours, they're getting all the answers, enough that they're making a pre-buying decision, which is scheduling an appointment to go in. And that is one of the biggest difference, the medium in which you operate. Yeah, quite a disparity between those stats there. Now, one thing your company has really identified is that fewer marketers in the property management space are using free bots. You know, there might be a lot of listeners out there like, well, my company is using one. We tried it out. It's free. It does a job. Many solutions offer free tools to help costs, little add-ons. I'm hoping you can explain why in a lot of these free scenarios, free doesn't always mean free and why more, yeah. yeah, and why more marketers are moving towards a paid model. Yeah. Oh, that is a wonderful question. So yeah, free is actually quite expensive, we've learned. So let me just kind of put these in a category. There's the what we call the bolt-ons or the add-ons. And so you have companies that have another primary business. And maybe that's a website development. Maybe that's a CRM. That is their primary focus. That is what they focus on. So this bot over here is kind of an add-on, almost an afterthought. They are not putting in the resources because this is all we do. We wake up in the morning, we think automation and bots. That's it. That's why we're miles ahead of everybody else who has these bolt-ons. So first of all, they just don't have that focus. So they're just not keeping up with the times, which I get. What we noticed with a lot of the free bots or add-ons, and yeah, of course, people who are cost-conscious say, oh, well, it does most of the same things. No, it doesn't. 
one of the first mistakes these bots do is they're called lead gen. They're lead gates and lead gen bots. Their goal is to create more leads. Nobody wants more leads right now. Nobody is looking for more leads. They have too many. They want less leads, but they want more appointments and conversations and engagements. So a lot of these bots, you go in and the first thing they ask is your name and your email address. The consumer doesn't want to give you that. <laughs> or they walk you through a process and just before they give you the information you're looking for, oh, before I give that to you, can I get your email information and your contact? That is not a good consumer experience, first of all. Secondly, because these bots are so sparse in real content, they don't have community maps in there and virtual tours and videos embedded in that. They are providing a very limited amount of information. So the stuff that's coming through these leads are just that, uninformed. So now we've actually not reduced time spent by the leasing teams at the properties. We've now increased their workload. They're now having to answer even more leads than they did before. And that costs time and that costs money. So when I tell people, hey, we're saving you an average 104 hours a month at 18 bucks an hour here in the States, that's about two grand. You actually added 13 more leads, which somehow or some reason these companies are proud of. That means they've actually added $600 in cost to you. They haven't saved you a thing. So we call the free bots are actually very expensive bots. That is very interesting. I think the old added time is money is very key in this discussion. Absolutely. It's key. I mean, it's the what's honestly time is the one commodity you can never get back. You can never get that back. And so it's so important how we as people and how our leasing team, how they're spending that commodity. We have to be very, it's a precious commodity. We need to be careful with that. And just like one more kind of functionality question. There's probably people listening. Oh, is it, is it going to take a lot of time and effort? You know, we're not a large company to set up and use a chatbot. What would you say to them? I would say they're absolutely right. They don't have a lot of time to do that. So we learned in the very beginning, especially multifamily, if you want to get business, man, you can't add work to their workload. You have to take work off. So we said, look, we are going to train the bot. We are hooked. We have over 100 integrations. We're hooked into everywhere. You tell us where you want the leads and calendars you're using. We'll do the rest. We'll put the content in. We'll hook up the APIs. And we don't have you train it for three or four weeks. We train it and usually have it to you in two to three days. So you have a fully trained, ready-to-go, market-ready. When we deliver it to you, it's been QA'd, it's been integrated, it's been hooked up, and it's ready to plug and play. So here's your one line of code. goes right here on your website. Here's the social sites. Redirect your leads from your ILSs, and it all goes here, and it's ready. So there's not a lot of work that they have to do on ours. But yeah, with some of the other solutions, they require the property to answer 200 questions. 200 questions they have to answer to start times that by 50 communities or 30 communities they have. And then they have to update all that because we have all these APIs we hook into, we update all the content. So no, they don't have time to do that, which is exactly why we built our solution the way we built it. And BetterBot can sync, I'm sure, with most CRM data. Every CRM you can possibly imagine we have in every calendar. We've got 13 different calendars we work with. We've gotten pretty darn good at that. So we read the calendars real time. We can say, how many hours do you need before scheduling? You need three hours or a day before we'll schedule it. So you need a kind of a, what we call a lead time. Very flexible model. It recognizes if you allow you know, two appointments an hour or three or just one. So it's a very robust scheduling solution. Like what you hear so far? 
Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now let's get back to the show. Now, we got a lot of the stuff out of the way there about a bit of the functionality of BetterBot, how it differentiates from email bots and some free bots. Now, we touched on how it's going to save leasing agents a lot of time. What are some other ways that BetterBot and maybe just AI in general can best serve the multifamily industry? So, yeah, I would say... Okay, I'm going to use an analogy I use from time to time. And sometimes we get people come up and say, hey, is this going to replace our leasing team? Leasing folks are really afraid that this is going to replace my job. Some executives are hoping, <laughs> for being honest, maybe it might replace it. The very simple answer is not today. And quite frankly, not anytime soon. And here's why. This is my analogy. I've used it. It may seem a little goofy, but everyone gets it. So here you go. If we've all seen Star Wars, you watch Luke Skywalker and R2-D2 flying the X-Wing, right? People are wondering, well, what the heck is R2-D2 doing in the back here? <laughs> what he's doing is he's looking at navigations, looking at all the kind of the dials. He's making sure everything in the flight system is – he's looking at the automation. And he's handling a lot of the data and the information back and forth while he's allowing at the same time Luke – to be creative, be critical. Maybe it's in battle, maybe he's thinking, but it allows him to use the empathy side of him, the human side of him. Now, one isn't flying it more than the other, just have different roles. One is deploying creativity and empathy, and the other one is using logic and automation. That is how we have seen automation play out over and over and over again. And it's happened the same way, which we could get into some other time, in the whole automobile industry. It didn't take away jobs. It actually just changed them, and it made it less dangerous for certain people. But with regard to our business, so we're going to take the 80% of the repetitive, mundane stuff, and we're going to give the time back to the leasing team who can now be very empathetic when the person walks into their office and says, hey, I've got a situation, or hey, my neighbor's doing something, or you know, I'd like to stay here, but... That requires human empathy, creativity, and critical thinking. And that is what we're trying to help humans get their time back so they can be more human. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Okay. I love the Star Wars analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm a Star Wars fan. So I get that. <laughs> now, I think that's a good transition. Something you mentioned earlier, definitely want to get into. It's the topic of ChatGPT. So a recent episode, you know, we had a couple of our friends from Main Street Equity come on and explain how they're using ChatGPT to help with, you know, their marketing and leasing efforts. But I want to get your perspective on it. Like what ways can ChatGPT help the multifamily industry and how is your company approaching it? Yeah. So for those who sometimes, I just have to throw out, the, sometimes you'll have a half your audience might totally get chat GPT. Some people necessarily won't, although if they're following your podcast, it sounds like they're going to know. In real quick, I love the analogy. I had to introduce the speaker who is an AI guy from the NSA, and he basically said, chat GPT is the following. If I say to you, the wheels on the bus go, do you know how, how the rest of that goes? Round and round. There you go. So the wheels on the bus. Now you've been conditioned to say round and round. So ChatGPT basically just says, hey, I've noticed 78,000 times after someone says the wheels on the bus, the rest is round and round. So it looks for patterns. It's just looking for patterns. And so if it's one plus one, it doesn't actually calculate today that it's two. It just knows that it's seen 85,000 times that one plus one equals two. 
So it's just looking for patterns. In the same way, we're looking at patterns that renters are looking for, behaviors. And ChatGPT relative to that is actually very well informed because it has 52 billion different data points. It's a brain, basically. And it's already starting to reason in ways that even the founders don't entirely understand. So that's ChatGPT. ChatGPT, things it can do well, things it can't do well today. What it can do really well is provide amazing content and really well thought through content. So much so that it's very hard for professors to distinguish a ChatGPT article that they've been given by a student. We used to be able to do that with NLP and other things, but it's actually ChatGPT has nuance. So for us, what it can't do yet and what it doesn't have is it doesn't have real-time information that consumers are looking for. So the renter can't get that that building across the street has two two two-bedroom units for this price available tomorrow. Could it get that eventually? Yes, but it has to be given that information in a framework. So today, ChatGPT can't be used for super granular search. But companies like ours is already built. We've been using ChatGPT. A lot of people know this for three years. We've actually have the plumbing. It's been there. We've just been waiting for an API. Well, now we have the API. So we actually understand how the guardrails can be put in place. We understand now how we can provide this real-time information so that the marriage of these pattern recognition and content generation can now benefit from real-time information. There is a secret to the sauce. We've figured that out a while ago. We're just waiting for the API. So we're ahead of everybody else as far as we can tell. And it's going to be fun the next 30, 60 days as we start unveiling how we put the guardrails around ChatGPT. So for us, that's as far as I can go on that one (laughs) today. But I'm happy to share in another three months how it all came out. Yeah, we'll keep an eye for that API. I definitely don't want you to spill the secret sauce just yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do. So, but on a broader scale, and maybe that's what you're going to ask, Matt, is where is this all going? Yeah, where is this all going, really? I know there's so many articles touched on it even recently. Of course, there's a letter we're recording this on, you know, March 31st. The letter went out earlier this week from Elon Musk, Steve Wozniak, Andrew Yang, throwing a little caution into the wind there. So, I mean, again, throwing it back to you, what's your kind of perspective on some of the alarmists? And where do you think this is going? You know, I share some of the concerns on the broader level because it's one of those things we don't necessarily know what we're getting ourselves into entirely. Let's be honest. It's not the first time in human history we found a new technology and they can use those things for good, but they can weaponize it for bad. And I think that there's some wisdom in the caution. I don't know if you saw this, but right after Elon Musk sent out that letter, another letter came from a guy who's, I forget his name, who's kind of the godfather, if you will, of AI. He worked for AI think tanks for decades. And he said, this letter didn't go far enough. We have to put a complete halt on this for a while before we understand fully what it can do. Because once it can start thinking on its own and rationalizing, what's it going to think of us? And what's it going to do? And that's a legitimate question. So not to freak everybody out, but I do think that there is pause. Now, are we going to weaponize this in multifamily in the current? No, we're not going to do that clearly. And I think with what ChatGPT can do today and how it's growing, it is strong enough and powerful enough to provide additional automation and assistance. So I'm not worried about it today. And we have ways we could deploy that to help our leasing partners. But I do share caution on the overall 
philosophy of AI and where it could go. And I think we need to be very smart about how we progress with it over the next few years. As a civilization, we really do need to think through the ramifications. I don't think it's going to do anything today, but it could tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's why it's important to look towards companies like yourselves who have thought about this, like you said, for years and are putting guardrails in place already to make sure that the AI tools that are meant to act as you know, assistance or to save time are not going to be used in a way that are going to you know, replace jobs and create chaos and fire off nasty messages to their renters or right. other types of customers. So right. it's definitely an interesting time right now. And it's good to point towards companies who are putting the right guardrails in place and really looking to them for guidance and assurance that AI is not going to just take over jobs and run the world in the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. We're a little a bit of ways from that actually happening and replacing humans. But like anything, past is precedent. So we have to look to the past and how we've developed things and where it went awry. And let's see if we can apply that learning to AI moving forward. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't think about that. I had this visual image when you just said that of our AI running amok and sending all these messages to residents. Now we have guardrails that can't do that. It has to go through filters and all that. But how awful would that be? You talk about uh, AI out of control. I guess that's possible if you don't have the guardrails. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, we, we don't definitely don't want to throw up uh, alarm bells, but I think it's very important to definitely caution people on the way AI can go, but also assuring them that there are a lot of limitations currently. So, I mean... I think it's starting a good place to wrap up a little bit. But I mean, what are some last words that you would give out there to anybody who still might be hesitant about using AI in their leasing strategy? Oh, good question. So, okay. I would say AI, bots, automation, all of this is not going away. Now you have your super early adopters, you have your mid adopters, your late adopters, wherever you fall. In the spectrum of that, that's fine. And maybe you're a large company, you need to do some due diligence. And that's fine too. But recognize this is not a fad, like I said earlier. This is not the CB radio of the 70s. It's not going away. So I tell people, learn about it. Figure out how you can adopt it to your business. It can create efficiencies of scale. And above all, it can give some of your folks at the leasing teams a better quality of life and work. If you're able to give them their time back and they're happier doing what they're doing, you have a happier employee, a more efficient business, and quite frankly, you've got happier renters because they're getting information very quickly. So recognize the benefits of the AI and all this and what it can do for you and automation. Don't run from it. And if you have questions, you know, go out and listen to Matt more of the podcasts. Uh, you know, check out blogs like what we have and begin to immerse yourself in this technology. I think that's a great way to end this off. Robert, thanks again for joining us today. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. So everyone out there, make sure to check out betterbot.com. They're doing a lot of great work, leading the charge with AI chatbots, putting out a great blog of their own, lots of resources to educate people on how this is affecting the industry. And of course, as mentioned off the top, RentSync is now offering BetterBots. We've paired up together. There's going to be a lot more news to come on that. If you're interested in learning more about how you can pair your website and your leasing strategies with BetterBot, reach out to RenSync, reach out to BetterBot and find out how. So again, yeah, Robert, thanks again for taking the time today and hope we can do this again. Definitely. Thanks, Matt. All right. Have a great day, everybody. 
you've reached the end of another episode of Sink or Swim. Make sure to visit us at rensink.com forward slash podcast to access show notes, key takeaways, and where you can sign up to our newsletter to receive free bonus content. If you found value in this show, please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.